Good morning, LMCC. We are in the series now of how are we going to exploit the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think I'm a nerd about the sermon series, get ready, because I'm a nerd about the Holy Spirit, right? So we are, we're going to explore for the next three weeks how the Holy Spirit needs to work in our lives, how we need to give him access, and then we're going to hear from some people about how that he is already working. A lot of you all have been set up on coffee dates this week, and um, that's been exciting. You've been sending me back um, reports. If you haven't been set up on one and you want to go, let me know, because we've got plenty of people that want to meet together and discuss how the Holy Spirit's working in their life and discuss, discuss their gifts. But also, a lot of you all have been spend, sending me your spiritual gifts tests you have no idea how much fun that is for me to read when some of you all send me your gifts test and go, there's no way this is right. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we're going to talk about it, right? So we're, we're going to get into those as well. So if you haven't done that or if you want to be involved in that part of, of things with us, just email me and let me know or text me and we'll, we'll get involved in that. But today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit just for a few minutes. I'm not going to preach a full sermon. I'm just going to talk to you for a few minutes and set up a testimony that we're going to listen to. We need to hear from each other as the body of Christ, right? We can stand and look at scripture and and really think about it and talk about it. But when we don't know what's going on in the people to our left and right, we're going to miss something from God. And so we want, to, we want to look at that. But today I want to talk to you for just a few minutes. And I would like you to ponder the idea with me that the inner atmosphere is going to determine the outer environment. I want you to think about that because you talk to me every day about your outer environment. I want you to think about your inner atmosphere because there's a direct connection. And we often think the outer environment is out of our control, and that isn't true. And the reason that the outer environment is not out of our control is because Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to reside within. So the inner atmosphere gives you all the equipping and all the victory over the outer environment. So how do we make the Holy Spirit that resides inside us visible to the outside world? Because that was really the point. When Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to the disciples, it was for them. It was for equipping and anointing. But it was also so that they could then show it to the outside world. It wasn't just for them. So we have to make sure we see both sides of it. We need to make sure we're receiving the benefit from having the Holy Spirit reside in us. But also we're showing it to the outside world. It was a direct touch point to God. Sometimes we think, I can't hear from God. I can't find God. I can't see God. He's residing right inside you. We just have to access it. We have to look at what the inner environment or what the inner atmosphere has going on. A lot of times the reason we can't find God is because the inner atmosphere is way too cluttered. So we got to clear some of that out a little bit. We can't take ground from the enemy if he has ground in us. Right? We have to think about what is residing in our inner, in our inner atmosphere. If you want to push the enemy out of your life, you want to push sin out of your life, you want to push fear and anxiety out of your life, you want to push these things back, you've got to look at what's residing in the inner atmosphere. What are you allowing to take up residence in there? God told the, the disciples to have the Holy Spirit fill them. That means to reside in the inner environment, right? Or in the inner atmosphere, correct? You've got to make sure it resides in there. If we aren't filled and working to manifest his power in our lives, you will learn to accommodate sin. You will learn to accommodate weakness. You will learn to, learn to accommodate complacency. And then people are going to receive a lesser version of God through you. So let's talk about that one more time. If you don't pay attention to your inner atmosphere, you will learn to accommodate sin. You will learn to accommodate weakness. You will learn to accommodate complacency. And you will not make the Holy Spirit visible from your heart and people will receive a lesser version of God from you. And you will hinder his power. 
Not purposely or intentionally, but there's no benefit to you and there's no benefit to anybody that interacts with you. So we have to think about what we're accommodating in the inner atmosphere. In Romans 5, 5, Paul tells us, and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This is a posture change from curving inward in that inner atmosphere, seeing only the things that, that we see as we curve inward, right? If I'm looking inward, I can't see anything, right? Romans 5.5 5 tells us, look up and out. The Holy Spirit is there. He has filled you. It's a posture change to straighten our posture where we look up and we can show the Holy Spirit to other people. If we don't receive the posture change, people will still seek God from us, but they will be getting that inward curve and it will cause them to have to settle for less of God through us. I don't want to be responsible for that, do you? Right? Do we want to stand there on a daily basis and say, God put me in this place with my spiritual gifts and this spiritual opportunity, and I am responsible for an inward curve that allows someone to receive less from God from me? I don't want to be responsible for that. I don't want to stand in that place. Now, we all do, but we need to be intentional about opening up, right? Moving that posture out. That inward curve is the problem. It will, it will obscure part of the power when we fail to morph that inner atmosphere. We determine the outer environment will remain the product of whatever has gone on. If you don't check your inner atmosphere, your outer environment will remain the product of anything that the world has already given you. It'll stay there. Because it doesn't have any reason not to. Right? It's got space and you're allowing it. There's nothing moving it, moving it past that will become a product of that weakness. However, the Holy Spirit can overcome and equip these things with his power. If we look at that in scripture, right? He's the power generator. We need to be in the business of getting to know him. We need to be working with him. We need to be being transformed internally. We need to be listening to him. And then we need to show him to the outer environment. I'm not saying that flippantly. That's not something you just go flip a switch and that all happens. Alf and I were just talking about this a minute ago. That's hard. That's hard work. That's okay. The Holy Spirit was given to the disciples because Jesus knew it was going to be hard. He wasn't given to them because it was going to be some easy walk. He was given to them because Jesus knew my work is hard. And I need you to have the Holy Spirit inside you so that your inner atmosphere will create the outer environment that God intended. That's why he gave him to us. If we'll do that, if we'll build that relationship with the Holy Spirit, our souls will become stronger. We'll begin to ask, who, we, will, we will not say, who's going to meet my needs today? We will start to say, whose needs can I meet today? What is the Holy Spirit asking me to do? Because your needs are already met. The Holy Spirit's already residing in you. So you can confidently walk out there into your outer environment. Your needs are already met. The Holy Spirit's right there. Now you can go and meet the needs of others. That's the whole point of the Holy Spirit is to advocate for you so that you're equipped so that you can then equip others. There's, there's not a, a cutoff there. It's a, it's a, a circular um, line there. God is saying, I'll equip you through the Holy Spirit and then you'll equip others and then I'll re-equip you and then you'll equip others. It's a continuous process. It goes on and on and on. Our souls become stronger Right? He's already meeting my needs so I can meet the needs of others. In John 14, 15, I keep thinking i got to read out of my Bible and put my glasses on, but I don't. Shay will put it up for me. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 
The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and will later be in you. That's a call to action. The world doesn't know him and isn't looking for him, but what are you doing? Are you making sure they see him through you? Are you making sure that Holy Spirit is able to come into the outer environment, permeate conversations, permeate interactions, permeate your workplace, permeate your family? It's important. The Holy Spirit has to be able to be seen there. It's a call to action. In Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, Paul talks to us and he says, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth that the good news is that God saves you. And then he says, and when you believed in Christ, this is for you, so this is Paul talking to you. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. He did this so that you internalize it and you show it to the outer environment. That's why he did that. It's important to understand why he gave us that. We let the spirit transform that inner atmosphere so that our disposition is changed, our posture changes, we're up and out, we're looking around the world and we're saying, where do you need me, God? Where do you need me to go? Where do you need these gifts used? Where do you need my smile used? Where do you need my hug used? Where do you need my wisdom used? Whatever it is, right? On and on and on. We could just go on and on and on with that list because that's what he's doing. He's transforming us. We have to carry that disposition to help others. We get to work with the Spirit to strengthen us and to serve. We get to. That's a privilege, right? The Holy Spirit, you think about it, God is asking for your help. You're being asked for your help and your gifts and your uniqueness by the creator of everything. We get excited when somebody asks us for help at work, you know, that we think it's a little bit above us or something. We're like, oh, wow, they asked for my help. That's so cool, right? Somebody asked for my help that I respect. God asked for your help. How much cooler do you get than that? Right? He's asking you, just take the spirit. He's not even asking you to do it on your own. He's saying, I give you the spirit, and I'm asking for your help. We've got to renew our gaze on Jesus, constantly looking for the spiritual opportunity. We talked about that, right? Your spiritual gifting creates spiritual opportunity, and then you walk into that. We have to be looking for that so that the Holy Spirit becomes visible. We have to recognize and commune with him. We have to look up and out find that, that perseverance that it takes. Jesus gave them the Holy Spirit because he knew it would take grit and perseverance. Sometimes those situations are not easy. That's okay. That's okay. Walk in there anyway. You have to exercise that Holy Spirit muscle, right, by looking up, by communing with him, by developing. It's an actual act of, of intent. It won't just happen, right? As we look at when the, the Holy Spirit is brought into our purview there, the end of the Gospels, right? When Jesus bestows it on the disciples. Then we look in Acts where Pentecost and the Holy Spirit falls. And then we watch the disciples nug that out. We watch Paul nug that out. We watch him give wisdom and guidance to the churches as they try to nug that out. It's not easy. The whole New Testament is about how hard it is. But it's also about how fantastic it is. And all the victory that comes in that space. Right? And we're going to miss that benefit if we can't look at that. So we have to look at the inner atmosphere. We need to assess it. We have to sit with God on it. And then we have to see what the effect is on the outer environment. So this morning, I'm going to bring somebody up to, to share a testimony with us. I just want to introduce her real quick. So Jamie Newton-Knight has been in our church for a long time. But 
I will tell you that Jamie Newton Knight is not the same person who walked into our church. How many years ago? A long time ago. (laughs) Jamie Newton Knight used to be curved inward. No doubt about it. Completely curved inward. And the Holy Spirit couldn't find space because she was protecting against the Holy Spirit instead of looking up and out and standing straight. Over the last couple of years, her posture has changed. And now the Holy Spirit comes off of her and waves. But she had to do the hard work. She had to stand in the place. And so I want her to come up now and talk to us about what that looked like for her. Please welcome Newton Knight. Marcy asked, well, she didn't ask, she told me that, she was like, Holy Spirit is telling me that you need to speak. I'm like, I think you got it wrong. Like, shake my name back up in a bag and, like, pick someone else. <laughs> and she was like, nah, it's, it's you, like it or not. So I'm, I'm going to talk to you today about um, the most impactful encounter I've had with Holy Spirit my favorite time to experience and sit in the presence and the different ways that I experience the Holy Spirit. So um, the first one for me was like the most impactful. And one day I was on my way to work. I work downtown near the ferry. And in that area, there's a lot of people experiencing homelessness and mental illness. So as I'm walking through the path to go towards my job, There's a man who's acting like really erratic and he's like jumping in front of people, yelling at them. And so I said, oh my God, here we go. Like, here we go. I don't wanna experience this this morning. And immediately I heard, how dare you? And I was like, how dare you judge this person who you don't know what they've experienced, you don't know what their encounter was, you don't know why they're experiencing what they experienced, and you're judging them just based on what you see. Instead of judging that person, stop and pray. And so, of course, I'm like still nervous, but I'm like, pray right here in the middle of, you know, this area with all these people. But I lifted my hand just like this and I prayed. And as I got back upstairs to my job, I immediately, like, that conviction hit me so hard that I started crying. I bawled, I don't even know for how long, and I repented because I felt like I didn't know what that person was experiencing. And instead of me judging, which I was, I was scared, I was kind of worried, but I also was just like, oh my goodness, here we go. You know, we, we live in New York, we kind of encounter it on every block. And so I felt away, and he's like, I don't have respect for anybody. Like, you're no different from this man on the street. And so just pray, pray for him. Instead of like feeling like maybe you were above or whatever it was that I felt in that moment. And so that was the most impactful um, encounter I've ever had with Holy Spirit where I literally felt like I got a gut check immediately. It wasn't la, 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 let me go about my day. It was right then in that spot. You stop, you stop right here and you pray for that man. And so I did. And um, 
Once I repented, it definitely felt like relief. I definitely shared the experience with my mom and my uncle, who um, is a pastor in South Carolina. He was like, you think you're going to run from the Holy Spirit? Nope, can't do that. I said, I'm still trying, though. But <laughs> um, So that encounter was the most impactful. Um, but my favorite time to experience the Holy Spirit is actually our retreats. So our church retreats for me are like, I'm like, Marcy, I'm going. I'm going to be by myself. No kids. The kids are going to be in the, you know, with the other kids. So I have the time of solitude to just be by myself. And I really, really take that time of solitude very seriously. Marcy knows that I, I, I literally look forward. I'm like, are we having time of solitude? I need that. Like, I really need that moment. Um, and so I will go back to my room, which we are, we know, if you've been to the retreat, you know that we are told not to go back to our room to try to find somewhere else. But because I like to literally play music and I lay on the floor of the room, I go back to my room. So I'll play some instrumental music and I just lie there and wait to see what he has to say to me. Sometimes I'm asking questions about what he wants me to do with my life. And sometimes I'm just laying there like, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to know? And so I use our Acts Method prayer, which is the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Um, and it's li literally my favorite time, and I take it very seriously. But once I feel that he's revealed to me what he wants me to know, then I get up and I rejoice. But it's not always that he will tell me what I want to know in that moment. Sometimes once we go back to um, the services for the evening, that's when I'll hear like the message that I was supposed to receive or the message that I was looking for during my time of solitude. Sometimes it's um, during the activities, like there was a time we had an activity and I think it was Moses who was leading how to read the Bible. And I had you know, asked the question and God has showed me something very clearly. I was too afraid to be obedient. And in this activity where we were, I literally had just walked into the room, sat at the table with a group, and he read, someone read the scripture that said, don't you know, like, I'm the person who takes care of the birds and the trees. And I had never heard that verse before in my life. And so I was like, okay, God. I hear you. So for me, I hear glimpses of God or the Holy Spirit in like, I'll see it in a book. Someone might tell me a message or something like that. But in that moment, it was definitely through that activity. Um, I won't lie. Sometimes I don't want to hear the voice. And I try to outrun it, but we all know that we can't outrun God. And when he wants us to have a message, he definitely gets it to us. Um, sometimes I struggle with believing that it's the Holy Spirit and not just the voice in my head. So I'll ask God to like confirm it for me. So if I hear it once, I'll say, please confirm it like that this is you and not just me in my own head. And so I might see a sign or some might, someone might walk up to me and literally just say something out of the blue. And I'm like, okay, that's Holy Spirit letting me know that he wants me to know this message. Um, and I don't always, I don't always just do things immediately, even though I get confirmation, because if it makes me extremely uncomfortable 
or me being a human being, if it literally makes no sense, I'm like, God, that just doesn't make sense. Like, why would I do that? Um, so for me, my, my prayer has been, and I've asked Marcy to pray, radical obedience, because I know that if I'm being given a message that I need to obey immediately so that I get the blessing that's supposed to come from it. Um, Oh, when I was going to also say sometimes when our band sings, like I can definitely get the messages through the singing as well. So I think it comes in many different ways for different people. You might literally see a sign, you might hear something or someone might speak to you. And this part was definitely not what I was going to say because it's not in my notes, but I feel like it's tugging on my leg, almost like your child. And God is saying, like, we all have to start forgiving. I don't know where it's coming from, but as I'm standing here, it's like, please share that whoever has not forgiven needs to, to forgive. And I don't know who it is. It might be your neighbor who parked in your spot. I don't know. But, like, there's this urgency of, like, you guys are my people. You want to get in my kingdom. You have to forgive. And so I think... Whoever that message was for, um, take it. I know for myself that there's some unforgiveness that I hold as well for certain things, and so I'm sure it was for me as well. And there's another tug, which is, and I'm, I want it to be clear, the message, that there's a war that's coming, and we need to armor up. And the Bible is our armor, and it's, it has all the weapons that we need. And if you don't read the Bible, you need to start. That's for me. So this is not me say. This is not me wanting to say this to myself. <laughs> um, and I guess if you're not in a community group, you can start with that. Anything else, God? Okay, I think that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Can we just say how hard that is sometimes to stand up here? But what I told Jamie this morning was, is what we have to understand is, is this is family. You're just talking to your family. You're not talking to strangers. And they care about what's going on with you. They want to hear what the Holy Spirit is doing. So thank you for your radical obedience this morning. Love you. I think that's the interesting part about this, right, is that oftentimes we think the experience was just for us, or we just aren't sure what God wants us to do with it, and sometimes he just wants us to open our mouth, right, and just say something to somebody, because it might somehow affect their inner atmosphere and their curve. What if we could help somebody straighten up, right? What if we can help somebody look up and out so that there's more that can then be put in? Shay, can you put up that last verse? It was, I think it was John, right? The, hang on. It was the verse out of, um, oh no, this is it. I'm sorry, you're right. Shay knows better than I do. She's over there thinking, just do what I say. All right, right? This, I want you to listen to this because this is important. And this is what God's been convicting me about. And he's convicted me to tell you this is an important verse in Romans, it says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never 
heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. That's you. That's us. That's our charge from God. We get to be in partnership with him. We get to do this work for him. How beautiful are his messengers sitting to your right and left. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to just stay right where you are. Turn to the person next to you. Grab their hand if you need to move because there isn't anybody next to you. But I just want us to spend some time for a couple minutes just praying over our inner atmosphere because there's nobody who doesn't need to do that. There's none of us that don't need to ask the Holy Spirit what needs to be cleared from that inner atmosphere so that he can add. So let's just open an invitation to the Holy Spirit right now to say, I'm going to come out of my inward curve. You bring in what you need me to have right now. Why would you leave this space without letting the Holy Spirit add to you before you walk out into this world? It's the benefit we get, right, from being amongst our Christian brothers and sisters is that we can pray over each other and the Holy Spirit will come into that place and equip us to then go be the feet and be his messenger.